Welcome to episode 18 of the Tough Draw Talks podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hughes. Today, we are coming to you from Cowboy Christmas at the Las Vegas Convention Center for the 2021 NFR. We are blessed and fortunate today to be in the Lane Frost booth, Stetson Frost of the Lane Frost brand, hooked us up with the spot, just like he did last year when we actually kicked the show off. So we're sitting down, special episode today with Josh Frost. Appreciate you being along for the ride. Josh, we are excited to be here and we're glad to have you on, man. How's it going? Going good. Glad to be here talking to you guys. Thanks, man. Thanks. So with the podcast, we have some icebreaker type questions that we just jump in with. Just, you know, quick rapid fire type stuff. If you could meet one person, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Uh, it'd be my grandpa, Joe Frost. You know, he was heard a lot of cool stories about him. He passed away in a car wreck before I was born, and oh, man. he's just a guy I always dreamed about meeting and think it'd be cool to talk to him. Dude, yeah, heck yeah. Um, what's your favorite movie? Uh, favorite movie would probably be Hidalgo. Hidalgo? Yep. Why? Just, it's a good story. It's a good cowboy movie, and it's... That, that'd be the, I guess, what to describe it for me. It's just a good cowboy story and one of the movies that makes you feel good watching it. That's with Viggo Mortensen, right? Yep. Yeah, so that's interesting because when I think of cowboy movies, that's not usually one that I think of as a cowboy movie, but I guess you're right. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yep. No, it's a, we actually just watched it the other day. I hadn't seen it for a long time and I kind of forgot about it and I watched it the other day and I was kind of thinking, this is one of my favorite movies. So That's cool, man. That's cool. Um so outside of bull riding, obviously, or rodeo in general, uh, what are some of your favorite hobbies or things you like to do? <laughs> I'm probably not the best person to ask that question to because I don't really – I would say calf roping is my hobby. If I'm not riding <laughs> bulls, I'm at home ranching, and my favorite thing to do is ride horses and rope calves. And so I'm either training to ride bulls, and if I'm not doing that, I'm at home roping. My, my wife, she breakaway ropes, and so – we Very got a cool. couple horses at the house and training a few and got one or two pretty good ones. And so that's kind of what we do in our spare times, rope calves and go to breakaway and calf ropings. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. Um, all right. So Christmas coming up right around the corner. What's Santa bringing you? I'm not for sure. I uh, was lo- looking for a new carry-on gear bag. I there you started go. Ca- started carrying my gear on last year. They lost it at one of the rodeos I went to when I checked it. And so oh, geez. I uh, figure, you know what, if I'm going, I might as well pack it with me. And so I had a kind of a cheaper built Wrangler bag that I used. And by the end of the year, it was <laughs> it was holding together by tape and uh. mainly just tape. And so <laughs> so I was, that's what that's what I'm hoping to get some nice gear bag. So, man, isn't that with how much you travel, isn't that crap that your bags get lost? <laughs> oh, I, gosh. <laughs> No, it's uh, it's part of it. You know, a lot of guys check them, and like I said I've checked my bags forever and never had any trouble. But uh, made it to said I was flying to Enid, Oklahoma, and get there and bag they bags got didn't make it, and so I had to borrow some stuff and yeah. had a bull drawn I'd stayed on before, and I know if I would have had on my own gear, I would have made the whistle, and so that was one of the things that I know I can control, and yeah. it's not as easy as checking it, but it there you go is a good business decision, I think. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you, man. Um, so this, this question always gets a lot of interesting answers because there's a lot of ways people can take it, but what's the best compliment you've ever received? Probably that I'm a hard worker or a cowboy. You know, I, that's something I try to, you know, be known as more than just a bull rider. And I like that aspect and I feel like the cowboy is a dying breed and I like to live my life by cowboy code and I appreciate it when people notice that. Definitely. Definitely. Well, 
Cowboy Code, obviously, with your last name being Frost and us being in the Lane Frost brand booth, what does is, what is having that last name mean to you? I guess, like you said a second ago, kind of goes with the Cowboy Code. and be, You know, even though I'm related to Lane, I grew up idolizing Lane, seen eight seconds a hundred times and heard stories about him. And he, he was as, as cowboy as they come, and he lived by the Cowboy Code. And I, I want people to remember me like they remember Lane, you know, with a smile on my face, taking the time to talk to anybody that wanted to talk to me. And it's pretty cool to be related to him and pretty cool the example he set throughout the world. So every time I go to a rodeo and you're there, the the announcer, they always set the table with related to Lane Frost, the Frost last name. Do you do you hear that? Does it ever affect you, or is it just are you have you gotten to the point in your career where you're just kind of proud of it? You know that that's coming, or what does that De- mean? Definitely to you? proud of it. You know, it's Lane was Lane was a world champion. He he had the most success in the arena. But the Frost last name, like I said, there's a lot of rodeo history in the whole family from mm-hmm. Clyde making the NFR. My grandpa Joe he rodeoed, and my dad rodeoed, my brother rodeoed. Like it's dang sure in the blood, and so it's. I take pride in the fact that my last name is Frost and wouldn't say it's extra motivation, you know, because I do think whatever my last name would have been, I probably would have been a bull rider. Yeah. But uh, it's, like I said, I'm definitely used to it, and I think it's cool, and it's also something that really makes me, you know, Lane was, has left such a big impact. It's a really easy way to talk to people. You know, I got the Lane Frost patch on my shirt, and yeah. people see that at the airport, and they're like, hey, I, and then I know that guy, or i seen that movie, and then I'm like, oh, I'm actually related to him. Yeah. It's a good icebreaker to have conversations with people and hopefully, hopefully bring them closer to the sport. So Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. So, you know, I saw PRCA did the for my first, my, my NFR, the little boards, kind of like my first day of school type thing. So do you even have, like, a, a walk-up song, or is it more of, like, the announcers always just take that airtime to talk about your relation to Lane? Like, I, is it, like, my, my walk-up song is I'm Cousins to Lane Frost? <laughs> I, guess, I guess you could say that. You know, I, uh, I don't – I'm not, like, not necessarily like JB where I've got bad to the bone and they play it and everybody knows that it's me, but that, that would be a go-to. And, you know, like I said, it's in the – easy way for the announcers to you know the fans love to hear it and mm-hmm. um yeah that would probably be my walk-up song <laughs> so. yeah no I, I mean hearing it gives me chills when i hear it so um that's that's really cool so you alluded to your family and stuff so i want to take the time to check in so obviously joe made a lot of nfrs and went toe-to-toe with sage kind of in sage's early early years of of being at the nfr and then obviously your brother uh, just went through a really tough, tough time. How how is everybody? Give us a little update on the family and how Jade's doing and um, everybody like Family's that. doing good. Joe he he had to retire early. He got a blood clot. I'm sure a lot of people know that by now. And said he's just started the next next phase of his life. He's got big into training border collies and he's been going to some trials and kind of living that up. It replaced the bull riding passion for him, so that's been cool to see. And he's got another baby on the way, so that's pretty cool. It'll be his second one. And That's awesome. Um, my little brother, he got, got in a bad car wreck up in Pendleton and very lucky of how things turned out. And he's had several surgeries, but kind of off all the medication. And he got cleared to ride a horse last week, and so he's oh, been Oh, that's out great, man. That's great. Helping us gather cattle, and he's he's going to make it up for the 10th round. So it's we're pr- pretty lucky that things turned out the way it did. Yeah. When 
and I know it's tough to talk about, but when a tragedy like that happens in this community, talk a little bit about how the community comes together. Like I'm sure tons of people reached out to you. Like just talk a little bit about how that family knitting. It's, you know, that's the coolest part about rodeo, the whole Western lifestyle, you know, it's, and that's part of being a cowboy. Cowboys help each other and the support we've received, we're super grateful for. And you, you can't, we'd never take that for granted how many people reached out and the love you feel from the community and stuff's amazing and we're yeah. lucky to have it. Well, we definitely had y'all in our prayers for sure, man. So I'm glad to hear everything's going better. Um, let's talk about a little positive note here. Um, lot in Oklahoma, <laughs> you rode chiseled. So what, walk us through that ride a little bit. How was that going? Where were you at in your season? And was that kind of a tipping point for you or just kind of a little bit of a fire starter? <laughs> It's it, there's a lot of backstory that actually goes into this. A lot of people haven't heard before. I I'd actually drew chiseled at Belfouche probably over the Fourth of July and super excited there. And he it was we'd entered Belfouche and Mandan for the same day. Had to charter a plane to make both of them. And it was funny. I drew chiseled at Belfouche and then I draw a safety meeting at Mandan. Two of Dang. the best bulls yeah. going. Yeah. And chiseled made short work of me at Belfouche. You know I. Thought I was ready. Thought I had to get. Thought I knew how to ride him, and he kind of surprised me a little bit of with how he felt. And then went up, and I rode safety meeting that night, and was 90 points, one man down. Well, a couple weeks later, we were actually we'd got doubled up at Sykeston, Missouri, in Lawton, Oklahoma. Well, Sykeston's draw comes out probably 30 minutes before Lawton, and I draw draw the best bull at Sykeston, you know, right there into my hand, and um, they call him Swale Fuego. He was a stockyards yeah. bull. Yeah. yeah. Like I get Corey the Corey Melton. Yep, yep. Yep. I get the draw like instantly. I buy my flight to Sykes. So I'm like, I'm going to Sykes, and there's yep. no way I can draw a better bull. And then 30 <laughs> minutes later, I get the draw for Lawton and got chiseled. And it was kind of a turning point, you know, big confidence booster for me because at the time I'd been riding into my hand a lot better. Chiseled goes right, Swale Fuego goes left, and so it was more of a for sure deal of a win going to Sykes and I was a lot more confident that I'd ride Swale Fuego but it was kind of a gut check like you know what am I going to tell my grandkids someday or my kid you know what's cooler you know Swale Fuego is a good bull but yeah. chiseled you know bull of the year and yeah. it was and so that's, I decided you know what I'm going I'm going to go ride chiseled that's world champion you know world champion dreams and if you want to be the world champion you ride chiseled and so I switched my flight and went to Lawton, and oh, there man. was there was a lot of people that thought I was crazy for doing it, but I was <laughs> said a lot of work that went into it, and that wow. was a good chance to prove it. And I've got I have goosebumps on the but that's <laughs> cool, man. I didn't know that. I mean, I know Soil Fuego. I mean, he's an NFR bull. He's a great bull. Yeah, and um, that's I <laughs> that took some stones, man. It was, it, it was funny. I posted <laughs> super excited post my video of me riding chiseled and. Uh, Corey Melton gets on there and posted. You probably would have been 93 if you would have came to Sykeston. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. What is it? So, uh, what is it about Chiseled? Because you've been on him twice, right? What is it about Chiseled that makes him the bull of the year? What makes Just, him so he's solid? Super showy. You know, he's page bull. There, there is explosive. Their breeding program's explosive. Any, every one of their bulls you get on kind of has a certain style, like. Yeah. They're so athletic, you know. You never even feel them hit the ground. Like yeah. they're just, everything's happening fast. And when you're in the right spot, they feel amazing. And he's won a lot of 
they've rode him several times, but it's mainly been right-handed guys. For a guy into your hand, he's a lot easier to ride. And yeah. Jose and Jess are the only two lefties that have ever stayed on him until I drew him. And That's awesome. I'd kind of, like I said, I watched a lot of videos of him and thought I knew what to expect the first time, and he just had <laughs> he felt a little different. He kind of pulled. I thought he was going to be moving away from me, yeah. and he was actually was wanting to come to me. And so the second time, I just I was kind of ready for that that feeling and said let him pick me up and just rode him through the whistle that's awesome that's awesome so you know like you said that was kind of a gut check moment so where were you at in your season and kind of how did that springboard your 2021 season because you had a great year yep you really did the year had been great you know I was probably borderline had the finals made at that point and that was kind of the first time I drew him when I was said doubled up, same thing, had one away from my hand, one into my hand, probably going to win both rodeos. That was when I was, it was still wasn't a for sure thing, and so we were having actually a hard time finding an airplane at the time, and so I decided that if we don't find the airplane, I'm going to go get on safety meeting instead of chiseled, and luckily yeah. we ended up getting it sorted out. Yeah. Well, by the time we get to August, like, had the finals made, and so it was a better time of year to take the gamble to go and you know both bulls were good bulls and you'd been proud of riding both of them but mid mid all middle of august you know it was i'd been struggling a little bit all like that was my weaker point i was you know i was probably riding 80 90 percent of the bulls that went left and closer to 20 30 percent that went right and so it was a good chance to be like okay this is what i've really been working on and focusing on now let's go do it on the rankest bull in the world and heck yeah man that's awesome, dude. Um, and just to reset, we are live at the Cowboy Christmas at the Las Vegas Convention Center 2021 NFR. We are actually on the floor at the Lane Frost brand booth uh, recording live. So if you hear some noise in the background, uh, we're just continuing on and powering through. Um, man, Josh, we really, really appreciate you being here. Um, so we talked about bull riding, but you do more than just bull riding. So I know you're you were in the all-around race. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what else you do and kind of how you how you divide your time. Um, I rope rope calves and steer wrestle too. You know, I one of my goals every year is to win the Linderman Award, and this was my second year in a row winning it. And um, to win that, you have to you have to win a thousand in three events. One of them has to be at the opposite end of the arena. So I do one rough stock, two timed events, and. Um, I'm a big time calf roper. I love roping calves. When I'm when I'm home, I rope calves almost every day. And you know, ultimate goal is to make the NFR at both ends of the arena. But right now, it's kind of kind of hard split my time because I'm super competitive in the bull riding and really want to get that gold buckle. And so I, especially this year, I really focused on the bull riding and entered the timed events last. Got qualified for the Linderman was kind of the main goal and getting yeah. qualified. Like I said, got qualified for the all around. You got to have three thousand and two events and yeah. I won right at 5,000 the calf rope, and then the steer wrestling, you know, I'm 150 pounds, so that's kind of my little bit harder to win 1,000 over there, but it's, I love the steer wrestling too. You know, I've been jumping steer since my freshman year of high school and have grew up doing it, and so yeah. it's pretty cool to compete, be out there competing against, you know, the guys that are, you know, they're, the pro rodeos are crazy tough in the steer wrestling, and so I'm pretty proud that I'm even able to win a thousand dollars. And yeah, um, it makes for a crazy schedule. You know, I oh, this is sure. the first year I actually rodeoed with Sage this year for the first time, and he's 
bull riding all the time and so it was that was when he asked me he's like how many times how often are we going to be entering them timed events and (laughs) it was it was kind of funny we actually when we went to reno i'd entered the calf open at reno and he's got him a super nice rv and we were trying to figure out the travel plans and he was like heck just We'll hook the we'll hook the pull behind on the RV, and so we hooked my pull behind trailer on, and so Sage was looking like a timey for at least one rodeo. But. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool, man. Um, yeah. So you know, you talked about wanting to be remembered as a cowboy, and I feel like based on I, I have to be honest, I I had to look up exactly what the Linderman was like to qualify. I mean, I figured it had to do with both ends of the arena, obviously, but. Because you know, all around and different things like that, but, but I mean, that's that's about as cowboy as it comes. <laughs> two, two and one. Yep. I mean, jeez, that's, nope. that's it's, a lot. It's pretty prestigious, you know. That there's a lot of guys that can do two events, but the the third event's what add, adds the mix to it, you know. And like I said, it's it's a challenge for me. Like I said, I have to when in my spare time, like I said, I spend time jumping steers and staying tuned up and yeah and like I said i'll be off riding bulls for three days and show up at a rodeo in utah and my the wife or my dad will be there with the bulldog and horse and calf rope and horse and i'll be be in all three that day dang that's awesome dude um so you alluded to it you traveled with sage so that was just this year right so how's it been traveling with sage and what do you feel like you know because rodeo we we talked about how tight-knit it is and stuff like that like what is it about Sage that, you know, how did that start? Like, did you ask him who proposed to who <laughs> of who could get in the trailer with him? It was, you know, I, I, it was kind of an honor. It was cool that Sage actually proposed to me. He, oh, he, man. He, he, Gosh, he Alexis, me. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it was it, not that we both were, you know, when you pick a traveling partner, you're looking, you know, you need somebody that's going to motivate you. And mm-hmm. we both seen something, you know, I'd always thought it would be cool to rodeo with sage you know how do you not want to go with the guy that's six-time world champion he's the best yeah. best going and probably going to end up being one of the best there's ever been and and said after he got beat stetson defeated him last year first time he didn't win the world and so he was the 2020 season was rougher on him you know it was yeah crazy year rodeo and the rodeos were smaller a lot more travel and um so he knew he needed to go with somebody that was really hungry and wanting to go out there and hit the trial and like, and like I said, how do you not want to go with Sage Kimsey? Whatever he's been doing is working. And so he, sure. wanted to, he wanted to go with me because he knew I was hungry for it. And, was, and he'd seen it early in the year. I mean, 2021 yeah. kicked off. And if they had a rodeo or a bull ride, and I was entered at it. And 100%. It's a lot easier when you're in the vehicle with two people, you know, especially come middle of August. You've done been to 100 rodeos, and you got a 12-hour dr- drive ahead of you. And if you look at your traveling partner and he goes, oh, I don't really want to go, and you're kind of thinking you don't want to go. It gets real easy just to turn out and not go. And yeah. that's one thing that I said, I, I crave the bull riding and then I'm going, I'm entered and it's a chance to win money and I want a gold buckle. And so, and there was two or three times this summer, it was pretty funny that we were entered in a smaller rodeo and it was right after Cheyenne, Sage had got, he got bucked off, but he'd made the finals. And we were up at Rock Springs that night, the same night and pressed in the next day. And Sage looks at me and he said, you want to go? And I said, I'm going. And he goes, well, I'm just staying here. I don't want to go. You can take the RV. And then 30 seconds later, he's like, you know what? If you're going, I'm going to go too. And so <laughs> we hop in and went to him and he ended up winning Preston. And it was cool to see that aspect. And I'm glad I said, I think I helped contribute to his season. And yeah. it was, uh, he's one of the most competitive people I've ever been around. And so it's pretty 
pretty cool rodeoing with a guy that every time you show up, that's the goal, to win first place. And yeah. I'm super competitive, and I think we kind of thr- thrived off each other, you know. We that's great. Wanted to win first and second. You know, we both wanted to be first, but it's – yeah. He's the first person I've went, ever been with that – I mean, it don't matter where you're at. Like, his – the that's what gets him going is winning first place. And, and you see he, that's what he does. And it, <laughs> A lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A lot. That's really cool. So, so with a traveling partner, it's like, you know, you feed off of each other. And that's a great person to feed off of, I'm sure. Um, so, you know, we, we actually – I've met you before, like at tough events and different things like that, but we got to sit down in Cheyenne. Um, you know, not to go too in-depth on the documentary and stuff, um, just in general, what does it mean to you that something is being done about Lane and just to kind of preserve that family history and different things like that? Talk a little bit about that. I, I think it's mm-hmm. awesome, you know. Like I said, there, there's, been, there's been a few little things done, you know, eight, obviously eight seconds, which – well, you know, there was some accurate stuff, but you wouldn't say it was a documentary. It was a Hollywood movie. Yeah. But uh, we talked before here, and you were telling me about all the stuff, the pictures you've been getting, and it's going to, like I said, I think, the, I think it's going to be a big hit, the support you guys are going to get. And it's, I think even after eight seconds, everybody was super, super hungry for more information about Lane. And mm-hmm. like I said, I get asked all the time, and I can't imagine all the stuff people ask Clyde and Elsie. And so yeah. I think it's going to going to bring bring a lot more to the sport and show more about what he was about and like I said he's probably 80 80 percent of the bull riders going grew up idolizing lane frost and so yep. it's gonna gonna bring a lot more to that and i think everybody's hungry for more more lane for sure for sure so alluding to that um you know we we talk a lot on this on this podcast and just in general because you've done pbr and prca um you know what are the differences and what what do you think and uh just to reset as the loudspeaker goes we are at the uh las vegas convention center for cowboy christmas 2021 nfr at the lane frost brand booth recording live um but going back to pbr and prca um obviously for a guy like you that wants to be a cowboy multiple events stuff like that but talk a little bit about the differences what what are the differences just you know travel difficulty of bull different thing like that you know is there a lot or is it more is it more balanced than a lot of people probably give it credit for it it's more it's more balanced than a lot of people give it credit for i mean more or less if any complaints any prca bull rider has with the prca the pbrs fix that you know they the bulls are better re-ride you know if you're if you don't have a 20 point bull you get a re-ride yep. and like I said, there's a lot of money available in both, and so that's either one you're at. If you're if you're riding your bulls, you're going to be making a pretty good living. But uh, the rodeo, and I mean, like I said, it's the prestige of it and the history is what's hard to beat. You know, I, every year I get to look, and then like I said, at some point I'm, I'm going to go to more PBRs, and I think I think the association's great the bulls are awesome the money's amazing you got probably better sponsorship opportunities over there yeah but you get to looking at the schedule and it's like how do you miss houston san antonio and shut you know yep. you have to miss these big rodeos that most of them pay similar to that pbr event and over the long run like I said both both of them are great but when you go to the pbr you walk in and every pbr looks the exact same whether you're in los angeles or fort worth like it's 
and that's but they all you know they have put them on in bigger stages and bigger cities and stuff but the the prestige and history of the rodeo road is something i love and like i said there's just nothing like riding at pendleton and yeah. the the rodeos that lane rode out and the jim shoulders rode out like the, these rodeos have hundred year histories yeah. and like I said, there's there's a few of them I got to check off the list and get the buckle from before you're going to see me going to too many PBRs. But <laughs> for sure, the, man, the bull power at the PBR, you know, that's we, we have to get on some bulls that probably don't deserve to be at a high school rodeo. Whereas at the PBR, <laughs> you know, it's you know you're getting on a 20, 20 point plus bucker every time, and you make the short round, you're going to get the chance to make history. You know, yeah. there's several. You know, I, I got lucky this year. I drew chisel twice, but. There's guys in the PBR that have been on him four times. You yeah. Know? You look at JB and Bushwhacker. He got 13 tries at him. You yeah. Know? Every time I get bucked off, I'm like, man, if they'd run him in again, I know I, I know I could ride him. And yeah. That's the one cool part over there is you get the chance to get on the greatest bulls every week, and yeah. that's if you're a bull rider, that's what you live for, you know. For you sure. Know, the 90 point rides and riding the unridden or the greatest bull, or it's like I said, it's it's cool to see what how far the PBRs came oh, yeah. and how much support there is out there for the Western lifestyle and bull riding in general. hundred percent, man. And you know, we're here at the NFR. This is your second NFR. So far you hadn't had a lot of luck. I feel like that tide is changing. It's going to change, but, uh, what do you, you know, just kind of reflecting. I know I read a deal, I guess it was about your green shafts or whatever from last year. Um, you know, what is it about when you're when you're kind of in a slump or you're you've kind of hit a wall with something? As a bull rider, what's your mentality? What do you do? How do you change things up? Like you know the Shaps thing that I read. I don't know if that was true or not, but you know the green Shaps or whatever. But but talk a little bit about that. You know it's it's hard. And that was the like I said first year in 2019. I made it and thought I was ready and. It didn't go good. I fell off all ten. I did stay on one in the ninth round. He hit, but he ran off and got a, took the re ride and ended up bucking off that one. And so, which that's what cowboys do. <laughs> oh yeah. So I don't blame you at all for that. <laughs> and like that, that was that was a hard decision at the time because it was you hate to be the guy that don't ride any. And so that was a big learning experience for me. And I I changed a lot of things. It made my bull riding better. I mm-hmm. kept pushing and I, you know, for going three four years without making the finals, it took a lot of work to make the first one. And then to get here and have it not go good motivated me more and just missed the finals in 2020 i kind of had a, i had a pretty bad injury at fort worth that took me out for a couple months and yeah um said this year's been a great year and dang sure changed my changed my training program up a little bit and like i said this one started off a little slow but the i'm more mentally mature than i was in 2019 and you know that's the bull rider we get bucked off you know the sage best bull rider in the world he rode 65 percent so yeah he's gonna buck off for it might buck off four out of ten yeah and that's the big thing you know it's okay to get bucked off but don't start changing you know i've spent two spent my whole life preparing for this and spent two months really hammering down getting on practice bulls and i know how to ride bulls and that's the big part is if you can keep your mind in the right place and not panic when things don't go good because you're going to get an opportunity for things to go good and if you've lost your mental state you're not going to be able to capitalize on that opportunity and i feel this year i'm a lot better mentally and it's said the first two nights didn't go good but we got another bull tonight and we're going to come out swinging oh yeah oh yeah well not only do i think you're going to ride it i think you're going to get a round buckle at least this year so i will be continuing to root you on just like we will with the podcast um so the we do have some fan questions 
So Landon asked, how do you stay focused? Um, a lot of work goes a lot of work goes into it, and especially you know all year long, the mental game's a big part of it. We talked about it a little bit. You've been to a hundred, you've done been on a hundred rodeos. You're tired, you're sore, you know, and that's that's where the love for the sport comes in, and keeping that end goal in mind. You know, I want to be a world champion, and to be a world champion, you got it's not easy. You got to go out and put in the work, and um, and that's a big part. You know, I know how to ride bulls. It's a matter of doing it every day and figuring out your to go into depth your IP you know like I call it your IPS like your um, internal performance state to get the right you know not to be too hyped up not to be too sleepy and I've really zeroed that in to know where I need to be mentally and my warm-up and what I eat during you know there's so many variables that you can control that affect your mental state and your confidence and um, it's different for every person and so that's a big thing is figure you know figure out the days that you had success and try to duplicate that over and over again because the way I look at it is if you if you've done it once you can do it every day it's yeah. just a matter of figuring out what was that special mix you know like I'm not saying you gotta make sure you wake up and get out of the right side of the bed but yeah. there's little things during your day that can set you up for success later on and I've spent a lot of time really zeroing those in for myself and making sure you know that's there's so many things that are out of your control in the sport of rodeo that if you can figure out the things you can control that are going to help you be successful take advantage and do those and yeah. it's going to help you have success in the long run kind of like the gear bag thing you were alluding to right <laughs> yep. yep yeah that's cool um so another question is uh easton asks what bull have you not been on that you want to get on that's a good question. There, there's a lot of them. I'm like I said, every rodeo you go to, like I said, I'm all, you're always watching for that bull that you want to have your name next to. Um, there's a, and I've been on him. I'm getting to the point that I've been on a lot of them, but um, I'm trying to think at the NFR here which one I'd really like to see by my name that I haven't got to get on yet. And, um I'm having a hard time with that one. Just in general, is there any bulls, even watching PBRs and yeah. stuff, is there any bulls that you see over there that I you're like? I think I'd like to see my name by Whoopaw. That, that really? one there is pretty cool. Do, like, you, so do you ride left-handed? I do, le I do okay. ride left-handed. Because so. that's the success, the key factor that I've seen is <laughs> Jose, Boudreaux, yep. Dalton. Yep. No, that, that bull's a, a left-hander's dream, you know, and that was I, we, I alluded to that earlier when we were talking about the PBR, the Great Bulls, and mm -hmm. like I said, that that's one of them. Bull yeah. of the year over there, and I would love to see my name by him. Yeah. Um, so Doug asks, when you're focusing on roping, your your calf roping, and you think long term, like is that something you'll continue to do? Like even after, like even if you hang it up from bull riding, still continue to PRCA, still continue to rope and stuff like that. Is that kind of a plan? Oh yeah, I said I I crave the calf rope and I love it. And um, said busy right now with the bull riding. Get as, as like I said spending as much time as I can roping calves. And um, I live in Utah, so it gets cold in the winter time. And so right now the goal is to figure out to get an indoor, try to get at least some sort of indoor setup at the house where I can rope calves in the winter because that's when I'm home the most and have, would have the chance to practice. And, yeah. Um, like I said, it's, I spent a lot of time at it and got big goals in the calf roping. And my, sure. my wife, she breakaways a lot, and she's got big goals there to make the NFR. And so 
like I said, I, as long as I'm healthy and can keep doing it, I'm going to keep roping calves. And yeah. I lo- love training horses, love calf horses. And like I said, it's, you're, you're going to see me on the time event side for many years to come. So, so uh, Belinda asks, what's, what's your favorite ride that you've had? Is it probably chiseled? Ch- chiseled would be the top. You know, I had, I had four or five this year that were kind of them notorious bulls and Chiseled, chisels at the top, highest score bowl of the year. Yep. Another cool one for me was uh, Moses Lake, Washington. I was 90 points there. I wrote a bowl, Mike Corey's called Billy Hell, and I got bucked off the night before in Gooding and piled up pretty good, separated my shoulder and chipped oh, a little geez. bone in it. Yeah. Was Almost didn't go, but I was so excited to have Billy Hell. I was like, man, I know I, know I can win, and yeah. stopped and got an x-ray, and the doctor's like, well, you got a little bone chip, but if it don't hurt too bad, you can try it. And <laughs> oh, it was, like I said, that there was a lot of mental fortitude that went into that one, but like I said, I ended up staying on him. It was 90 points and one Moses Lake, so that one that one's up there with Chisel, too, just because of the backstory behind it. And, yeah. So you just alluded to it, the toughness, the toughness factor that it takes. Like, Talk, just what what is the mentality like you know jb jb got wrecked out last night and i was talking to kai earlier um he thinks jb might try to go tonight like i mean what what is it about like as a bull rider do you just understand and expect that you're gonna be injured or what is what is the mentality <laughs> it it's dang sure part of it. On the JB note, I would be absolutely shocked if he didn't get on. He's <laughs> after watching him all year. Like I said, he's as tough as anybody going. You know, it was this was a crazy year for t- you know Shane Proctor this year. He was riding with a yeah, broken leg, yeah. dislocate. He got on him. He had to get on it. He dislocated his shoulder at Ellensburg and had to get on his short round bull to place in the average. And his shoulder was literally dislocated. And he got on another bull because yeah. he was if he got on, he'd place in the average. And you know that's part i guess part of being a bull rider you take a lot of pride in that and not all guys do you know it's that's that's part of the mental part of it you know it's you got to be smart to know like at what point should i not get on but at what point can you handle the pain and still be successful and for sure it's it's not easy at all and you know that was even going with sage he got got his ankle stepped on Mm. at spanish fork and i mean probably had no business getting on a bull and i think he only took one day off during that whole experience and it's it's motivating to see guys do that and we wouldn't say it's a competition to see who's the toughest (laughs) but like it's it matters though if if it was easy everybody do it and that's like said if you want a gold buckle you better get out there and get to work because it's part of the sport and you got you to learn how to take care of yourself, but also, too, like at what point do you need to toughen up and get on? And, and there's a difference between just getting on and being tough enough to get on and make the whistle. For sure. Watching, uh, watching the PBR World Finals this past year, uh, back in November, watching Eli, uh, who's a good friend of ours, like that was, that was emotional every time he rode, and he just kept going 90 90 90 you know no it was it was get off and he couldn't even walk (laughs) unreal like and i said i'm super good friends with eli i I was at the velocity finals he he actually his wife had just had their twins and it was like i said i was super excited for him i'm a huge huge eli vassbinder fan he said he's rodeoed for several years and it was i was super excited for him and you know okay and i'm asking you to kind of take a guess but you know he did just have the twins and Paige was, you know, Paige was with them and stuff. Like, is that, 
is there sometimes in your mind as a bull rider that you just got to keep going because you got to take care of your family and stuff like that oh, too? Yeah, like, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure that was part of it. I know with Eli being so close in the rookie race and knowing that there was that big of a check, you know, I'm going to have him on at some point again because he was, he was actually one of our very first episodes at last year's NFR. Um, but, yeah, I just kept thinking about, like, the emotion was there because it's like he's doing this for his family. No, I'm, I'm sure that was a big gut check, and it probably helped motivate him too, you know. Like, what are you going to tell your daughters? Oh, my ribs hurt and I quit. You know, and Sage had a story about that when last year he was struggling and kind of was during the regular season, wanted to go home, and Alexis, he said, Alexis just said to me, what are you, you going to tell your son someday? What what would you do? And, yeah. you know, that's it's cool having that support hearing those stories it makes me excited to be a dad and for sure you know, i think riding bulls alone is difficult and it's even harder when you have kids but you see a lot of guys that that the, that helps them with the motivation because they've got a family to feed and this is their job and what what do you want to tell your children how do you show up when things are hard yeah that's cool man um I mean, somebody asked this question, but I don't know that you really have an answer. What would you be doing if you weren't in rodeo? Probably, if, if I were <laughs> in rodeo, would be hard. I would probably be teaching high school. That's I got my degree in ag education. Okay. I actually did my student teaching. I didn't make the finals. I broke my leg. I won San Antonio's Extreme. This was in 2017. Yeah. And moved up, won like 30,000, won rodeo break my leg the next week and Dang. come back from that and like i said i ended up top 30 in the world that year yeah a little low on money so i was doing i'd started subbing well i got a phone call from the place i did my student teaching and they had an opening for it was they had a issue where the teacher couldn't be there for a few months and mm-hmm. so they needed a fill-in welding teacher and i was like okay perfect so i took the job <laughs> told them I was going to be rodeoing still and so I taught full-time for three months I did love it it was loved the high school kids loved welding getting out hands-on stuff and when I got done with that they'd offered me the full time like they were like we want you full-time like do you want the job and it was like I said hadn't made the finals yet this was it said 17 to 18 was when this happened and or 18 to 19 so i was teaching the spring of 2019 and i kind of talked to my dad and i was like what do i do like this guaranteed job insurance all this you know um he just said well start riding bulls better or take the job (laughs) and at that point was really when i started treating bull riding like a job job. and that was 2019 was the first year i made the nfr and to put it simple i started riding bulls better so yeah well that's funny because i actually uh um you know, with my film background and stuff, I taught, um, I came home from finishing school. Uh, I was living out in LA. I came home, um, and was just going to plan on like doing freelance stuff. And my high school that I went to had an opening for a media teacher. And they, I was like, I don't know that I want the job, you know, cause I was still a kid. I was 21. And, um, I actually got hired by my high school for three months, kind of like a long-term sub type position. So that's funny. That's actually because, you know, I, I mean, I gave it some consideration, you know, because we, we talked about what the position would be, and it's kind of like what you're saying, but that was where it was like, okay, kind of like what you're saying. It's like I'm either going to bear down and go make movies and do film or I'm going to take this and just have, you know, a normal life, quote, yeah. unquote, you know. So, uh, man, that's cool. Well, Josh, I, uh, I really appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming to sit down and obviously coming to the booth and, 
uh, signing autographs and stuff for everybody. Um, is there anything you'd like to say to the fans, whether it be your fans, fans of the sport in general, um, just kind of anything that you'd like to share with them? Just, I guess, the biggest thing we appreciate appreciate all you guys. You know, we I would there wouldn't be a sport of rodeo if it wasn't for the fans and. Um, you guys are what it's all about, and we love the support. Love that you come and watch us. Love the support you give to the industry. Love everybody that's Lane Frost fan, Josh Frost fan, and just if you see me, come say hi. Yeah, love to talk to you. He's very approachable. So, man, and again, you know, fans, we appreciate y'all listening and tuning into the podcast as well. Um, and Josh, where can people find you on social media? Um, bit Instagram, Facebook. Uh, give me a follow on Instagram. Um, I, I think it's Josh Frost 16. Just search me, pop up. You'll know me. There's a picture of me riding bulls and a lot of bull riding videos. Um, also, yeah. just got on the TikTok. So there you go. There you go. He's all over it. Um, and be sure and follow along with us on social media as well at Tough Draw and at Tough Draw Talks. Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, etc. For more episodes of the podcast as we continue to bring you closer to the rodeo community. Until next time, everyone, enjoy the ride. <laughs>